On today on Behind the Bowtie Podcast, we have Gordon Wallman, uh, owner and entrepreneur at Cornerstone Financial. Thank you so much, Gordon, for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, it's my pleasure. Um, a few things that I feel like just in the world we live in today, people always want to talk about investing, financial stability, and maybe on how to retirement. So um, if you don't mind, we'll dive in on a few questions regarding that. So looking forward. Awesome. How important is that people speak to a professional about financial planning? Well, it's a very good question. And the answer would be, how important is it for that individual to have a financial plan or just go throughout life without any plan at all? Mm -hmm. So my advice would be, if it's important that you have a solid financial plan, then make sure you go to a reputable financial planning firm, of which there's many, but make sure you go to a reputable financial planning company that can put together a solid financial plan based on what you want to do in life. Yeah. And I, and I feel too, like for myself, the, the older I get, is if you would ask me, well, what, when would you want to retire? Or how much do you want to have? Or what kind of vacations do you want? I, I'd be honest, I'd be like, I don't know, but it would be good advice, like you said, to visit with someone, write those out, and then shoot for those. Yeah, for sure. So for a lot of people, they might not ever think about having a plan and just kind of hope, um, mm -hmm. you know, that things will turn out all right. And for a lot of people, someday they retire. The only thing they have is maybe Social Security. Mm -hmm. So what we encourage everybody to do is dream big. Yeah. And to make sure you have a plan for whatever it is that you want to try accomplishing in life. And so with our firm, we get great satisfaction about helping people explore what they want their future to look like and their life to look like, but it requires a plan. Mm -hmm. And uh, so some people are interested in having a plan, some aren't. But for those that are interested in having a plan, we really enjoy working with people, put together a solid cornerstone plan to make sure that they can do the things that they want to in life. Mm -hmm. And the big takeaway, I love what you said, Dr dream big. You know, I, I feel like some of the, uh, like Tony Robbins, Zig Ziglar, a few inspirational, I would say, like sales mentors, um, talk about write, writing down your goals. And I think that's very similar. Like, how are you able to accomplish your goal if you never write it down? How are you going to accomplish taking a lot of vacations if you don't dream big, if you're just thinking about maybe just doing vacations in the United States. Not saying that's a bad thing, but if you want to go overseas, think about extravagant vacations overseas and the places that you want to go see. So. Yeah, no, that's really important. So if you don't know where you want to go in life, there's little chance that you're going to get there. Right, yeah. Um, what's the most common misconception you believe people have about financial planning? Well, I think the most common misconception people have concerning financial planning is that they don't need a plan and yeah. that everything will somehow just turn out all right. Right. And maybe, you know, they can have get by not having a plan and, and you know, get by in life. But what we enjoy, who we enjoy working with is people, as I mentioned previously, that yeah. like to dream big yeah. and have big goals and aspirations. And that requires a plan. Mm -hmm. And uh, so... If you want to make sure you have a solid plan, you know, we suggest people find a good financial planning firm that specializes in planning and put together a solid plan and follow it. 
It doesn't guarantee anything in life, but the probability that you'll be able to do a lot of the things with a solid plan versus no plan at all go up uh, dramatically with a plan. Yeah, I bet significantly, you know, with the results or if you have a plan compared to just maybe nothing yeah. at all. Yeah. I, I always think about too, is just like um, writing down, it, seeing is believing. If you want to be able to accomplish, you know, $5 million in wealth, if you write down that, that plan and how to get there, it's probably more attainable and then maybe just never never writing it down or Oh, how true it. it is. So if you just say the goal is to have $5 million, no, that's meaningful, so mm -hmm. you got a target, but then how are you going to get there? Yeah. So what do you need to do every month to make sure you have a plan to reach your $5 million goal? That's what it happens to be. Right. But uh, over a period of time, a little bit of discipline and over a period of time, you know, that can take place for mm -hmm. even the average person. Yeah. And, and discipline. I, I like what you said there, too, because I feel like sometimes it's human beings, um, for myself included, get distracted um, and, you know, shiny thing like squirrel. But it's just like, okay, if you feel disciplined, if I want to accomplish that goal of $5 million, okay, I need to put a, this dollar amount away continuously. Mm -hmm every week or every month and this certain amount of percentage for my paycheck or whatever. Yeah, for sure. Cause there's always a lot of flashy things that can get our attention. I'm as guilty as the next person, mm -hmm. but I always tell people there's one of two prices that you always pay and uh, the price of discipline or the price of regret. And as one of my mentors used to tell me one weighs ounces, the other one weighs tons. And so, but everybody gets to choose. Yeah, absolutely. Geez, that's great advice, though. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I may write that down. Um, I think in the last few years, you know, with the pandemic and just kind of on how the economy has just kind of been just interesting from previous years, with your opinion, why is it important to invest in an uncertain economy? Well, it's a very good question. I get asked that a lot, and, you know, maybe I wait till things get better before you, you invest. And so Warren Buffett has a great saying, and he says, be fearful when other people are greedy, but be greedy when other people are fearful. So if we think about it in the investing world, everybody knows that ideally you like to buy low mm -hmm. when prices are low, and ideally sell when prices are high. But if we think about it, the only time you ever get a chance to buy when prices are low there has to be a lot of fear out there right and so when things are going well the prices are high and when when you have the most fear that's out there that's the only time you get a chance to really buy in most stocks at a discount mm -hmm. so the key is to have a disciplined plan when you put away money on a regular basis so let's make the math simple let's say you're putting away a thousand dollars a month mm -hmm. and let's say the share price is $100 a share. Well, pretty simple math, yeah. buy 10 shares that month. But let's say something happens where there's a lot of fear out there and the price drops in half. Now you consistently put away that $1,000 a month and if the share price drops to, to $50 versus 100, now you bought 20 shares. Sure. Eventually, assuming the uh, market comes back up again, now you have a lot more shares with appreciation. So this is a basic principle called dollar cost averaging. But when you put away, when you're putting away money, part of the key is to be disciplined 
and to make sure you consistently put away money in both good times and bad times, but it becomes even more important if there's ever a time to even stick away more is during the bad times because that's the time when you potentially can get a better deal and right. buy shares at a discount. So that's a key component, but everybody wants to do the opposite. Uh, and that is when things are going really well, it's like, oh, that's everything is good. Mm -hmm. uh, but as soon as things start getting bad, there's a tendency to want to abandon your plan. And it's, it's crucially important that you do not abandon, abandon your plan um, when you know times start getting tough, mm -hmm. because that's the only time you get a chance to buy things at a discount. Yeah, that that's actually great advice, though, too, because as um, human beings and everything, if something's going bad, you kind of want to maybe hold on to your money, or you're just, I don't want to use the word scared, but maybe, maybe fearful. Yeah, and so as Warren Buffett says, it's hard to emotionally be a good investor because emotionally we want to do just the opposite. We mm -hmm. look at our statement and go, oh my gosh, you know, it's dropped 10%, I better sell everything before I lose everything. Instead, it's like, okay, if it drops 10% on the share price, I encourage people to think, wow, you know, I get a chance to buy at a 10% discount. Exactly. And, uh, so it's your choice, but it's easy to get derailed by having a, in, even if you have a solid plan, by spending too much time short term looking at what the markets are doing and it can derail you, but sticking to your plan, making sure you understand your risk levels, of course, yeah. but making sure you stick to your plan during good and bad times. And, and just being consistent, like going, like you said, you, you may get that discount if you're putting that $1,000, yeah, you may only get 10 shares but if it drops down, then you may get 20 shares, so. My experience has been, in the 30 years I've been doing this, and all the academic books, those people that are trying to get in and out and jump over to plays, they do much worse than those people that just have a consistent plan. Doesn't mean you never change anything, because right. you do, but trying to jump in and out and stop investing, start investing, and constantly change in the investment. Most people do far worse than those people that are just consistent and not trying to jump over the place and jumping in and out of the markets. I, I believe that too. Um, I think with history too, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, um, the markets have, depending if you look three year, five year, 10 years, overall have had a good rate of return. You know, it's just, you just gotta live out the bad times with the good times and usually it'll average out. So. Yes, and so there's really only two asset classes that long-term have beaten inflation, and that would be real estate and stocks. And, uh, you know, both depend on which time period you use. You know, somewhere around a 10% average long-term, you know, annualized. Mm -hmm. And uh, so those are really the two only two asset classes that are currently available where consistently over a long period of time they've beaten inflation and uh, so you know you can stick all your money in a savings account right now and and you know even a money market you might be able to get somewhere around five percent but uh, inflation being for something right yeah. now you know it's hard to get ahead and of course mm -hmm. about a year ago uh, less than a year ago is nine percent and uh, right. so the key is you have to be able to keep up with inflation mm -hmm. and you can't do that uh, just by investing in, you know, savings accounts and, and a money market account. And with with your opinion and your advice, I won't hold you to it, do you see inflation staying about the same, you know, going into 2024 or decreasing? Or? 
Well, it's a good question. So beginning of the year, you know, inflation was somewhere around 9%, and mm -hmm. I'm rounding. Inflation is, depending on which index we look at, you know, about 4 right now. Mm -hmm. The target of the Federal Reserve is 2%. And so they continue to raise interest rates, trying to slow down our right. spending. But the problem is it's hard to um, slow down our spending. And some of that, I think, has to do with the hangover from the pandemic there for a long time. If you want to buy a new car, you couldn't even find one. Yeah. And so if you finally find one you like, it might cost more, you buy it anyway. There yeah. for a long time, we weren't traveling. So now all of a sudden you find a trip uh, that you like and uh, it might cost more, you're gonna do it anyway. And surely most people like to eat out. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the goals of Federal Reserve is to get inflation down to 2%. So it's going the right direction, mm -hmm. but everything that I read says that it might be two more years before we get down to that 2% target. Now there's lots of different opinions on that, right. but it's gonna take some time because it's hard for the Federal Reserve to slow down our spending. Mm -hmm. And uh, some of that, again, I think is from the pandemic that we lived through not very long ago, but yeah. we're enjoying, and there's a lot of money out there yet, we're enjoying doing some of the things that mm -hmm. maybe we were postponed for some time. So it's gonna take some time to get down to the 2% target, I believe. And I think the Federal Reserve is likely to raise interest rates a couple more times yet uh, this year. I, c I could see that too with, with them um, raising the interest rates and everything just because we were very spoiled or very lucky for such a yeah. long time there. And which, yeah. is, which isn't bad if you think about like long term, you know, people that bought their first houses at 10% 10 per, 10 interest, 15%, you know, so on and so forth, even at 6%, 7% interest rate, if you look at it, it's actually not that terrible. Yeah, and of course, compared to the two and a half percent they were used to about a year ago, <laughs> that you you have to be pretty highly motivated yes. um, to, to sell your house if you're at a two and a half percent interest rate, and then buy a new one at you know somewhere around seven. Mm -hmm. But uh, um, yeah, it makes a difference, no doubt, and uh, you have more of your payment going toward interest, and some people can't afford the same level of house, and uh, so. But keep in mind the Federal Reserve is raising interest rates trying to slow down our spending and uh so but it's been tough it definitely has been tough the big takeaway i get out of that answer there is be consistent and even in an uncertain economy continue your plan keep 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 investing continue your plan because that's when the best opportunities are only uh, typically do you have the best opportunities again to buy at a discount there has to be some chaos going on right Control chaos, right? <laughs> Control chaos, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, what advice would you give to potential clients that want to have financial freedom? Well, the advice that I would give is, number one, make sure you have a plan. And uh, so if you're capable of putting together a plan yourself, so be it. But most people um, don't have the knowledge to really have a solid plan, a financial plan. If you do, for those that do, that's great. Mm -hmm. But for most people, seek out a good financial planner, make sure you know how they get compensated, and uh, make sure that they're within, um, you know, what you're looking for and chemistry and that type of thing, someone you're comfortable with, right. and uh, have the expertise and uh, the skills for what you're, what you're looking for. And uh, typically we suggest people that are certified financial planners. So just like when you go to an accountant, yeah. you typically would like to have a certified public accountant. So we typically uh, suggest uh, finding a certified financial planner. And uh, so in our office 
everybody's required to either be a certified financial planner or to be working towards becoming a certified financial planner. And then put together a plan. Put together a plan. You should know some basic things like when do you maybe want to retire? Mm -hmm. How much money might it take to do the things that you want to do in your retirement? And how much money is that going to take? Your different sources of income from Social Security to pensions, maybe potential inheritance. And so how much you need to put away on a monthly basis, you know, based on the risk level and uh, assumed uh, rates of return. What does it take, you know, to have a solid plan? So how we like to do it, we have a particular program. We like to put all this information in and then we like to review it from time to time. Are you on track or are you off track? Mm -hmm. And uh, so if you want to do this or that, is is that uh, something that's going to throw your plan off track or is it something that, you know, your plan can adjust um, to accommodate? And uh, so having a plan and a written plan we feel is important. And one thing I like too that you said, having that financial plan, if, if when you have that advisor, someone that's certified, which is I think very valuable, is are you on plan or if you're off plan, if you're off plan, how do I get back on plan? And then getting to know, okay, here's what I wanna do, here's the forms of income, okay, for social security, um, this is what I want for my IRA mm-hmm. or 401k, and then just tr- trusting that with your financial planner and guiding you to get there. Yep. Yeah. So some things that are really important on choosing the right financial planning firm, there's a lot of good people out there. Mm-hmm. But number one, make sure you understand credentials and make sure you understand experience and make sure that you understand how they get paid and are they acting in the capacity of a fiduciary or not? And as a fiduciary, any advice they give you should ultimately be in your best interest versus perhaps whatever pays the highest commissions. And so that's important to know how the advisor gets paid when you're getting advice too, and whether they have the capacity to act in giving you independent advice or whether they just represent one company. So a lot of good people, just all important things Mm -hmm. for someone to know and ask for references as well. Yeah, that would be very important. Just um, ask for references, ask their experience, their credentials and everything. And basically, just like kind of if you're dating someone, interview them, you know, you should probably visit with a few folks instead of just making a quick decision. Yeah, and then the other thing I think is important, understand do they work with a team or is it just one person by themselves? And so in our particular office, we're a group of 18 and there's a lot of good offices, mm-hmm. but make sure you understand. Um, you have to maybe be a little bit concerned if there's, um, and I too, many years ago, started off just with myself, but it's really, really hard to do good planning with, with uh, just a, a solo shop or even a couple of people, it's very difficult to do. Right. So typically it takes a big team mm-hmm. to really put together a solid plan. And I think a team, just no matter what you do in life, just if you ever like sports and things like that, some of the most successful teams had good leaders, but good role players, good coaches, good general managers, and it all comes together. So They all work together all to accomplish a goal of having a solid plan, mm-hmm. um, you know, for, you know, for who they're serving. Absolutely. So I hear you're an author. Can you tell me more about that? Well, the name of my book is called Fallen Forward. And unlike what a lot of people probably thought when I wrote the book, they probably thought it was gonna be all about just money. And some of the main themes are 
making sure you have a plan as we're talking about yeah, plan. and a plan for your life and and you're going to go someplace in life it's just mm -hmm. a matter of where right and so <laughs> i suggest people choose where they want to go so imagine that you got on an airplane and and just started to fly and your chance of getting where you wanted to go is going to be very very low so having a plan but uh, then it's called falling forward because i made a lot of mistakes i've fallen but then hopefully you learn from them you get up you try again mm -hmm. but hopefully you don't make the same mistake twice so what the book is designed to do is to help people think about making sure they have a plan mm -hmm. but then realize things happen in life yeah. and uh, you have to change the plan and uh, so Early on in life, when I was in college, I thought I was going to go back and be a farmer. And my father passed away when I was a senior in college, so I had to make a change in plan. Mm -hmm. And at that particular time, I was executor of my father's estate, and uh, so I made a big shift. All of a sudden, I decided, uh, you know, guess what? Uh, financial planning really intrigued me mm -hmm. um, since I was executor of the estate, so I made a shift. I had to change my plan. And numerous times in life, I've had to make numerous shifts, and uh, but all following some type of a plan. But so we encourage people. On uh, the book, it's really designed to be an encouragement, hopefully, to people to have a solid plan, and then to adjust. We make mistakes. We hopefully learn from them. You yeah. get, might get knocked down. Mm -hmm. Get up and try again. No, I I really like that too because like we all we all have fell or maybe fell down got beat up but getting up have a plan and then continue your way and everything That's yeah and then hopefully we learn something we learn something and, right uh, exactly. so the goal is not to make the same mistake it, it, not to make the same mistake yeah, yeah. I, how, how can someone listen to your book or get a copy well it is listed on amazon okay but at the same time right now i don't think it's readily available yet so at the same time if they wanted a copy of our book they could sure contact our office and we make sure that we'd get them one perfect so we kind of got like a sneak peek then, a little bit about the book then. You bet. <laughs> um, why do people need a place like Cornerstone Financial? Well, it's a good question. And the first thing I'd say is not everybody does. So it's kind of like going to a doctor. And you go to a doctor for certain things. And there's certain people that have different specialties for certain things. And early on in my career, and I've been doing this for 30 years, as I mentioned previously, I used yeah. to try being everything to everybody. And the only thing that means is you're not very good at anything. So with our particular firm, our specialty is, and we work with a lot of different people, but our specialty, our so-called niche, just like a doctor has a mm -hmm. niche, our niche is working with pre-retirees and retirees. So the average person that comes to our office um, thinking about retirement mm -hmm. or they are retired and they want to make sure that they don't have to go back to work right and uh, they want to just make sure they have a solid plan so that's typically who we work with and so for somebody that's young get just getting started that type of thing that doesn't mean we can't help them but that's not our niche we'd be mm -hmm. glad to give some advice that's not our niche mm -hmm. and we might refer you to somebody else and uh, so it's making sure that when you go to a financial planning firm, they specialize in what you're looking for. And our particular firm, um, we do comprehensive financial planning covering all five areas of financial planning, of which um, the investment part is only one component of it. So comprehensive financial planning covering all five areas, that's what our firm is mm -hmm. um, 
specializes in, but that's not right for everybody. Everybody doesn't need that. For sure, and I love how you identified your niche as a, uh, at Cornerstone Financial for people wanting to retire or are retiring, but want to stay retired and everything. And that's make them happy and then refer people to you and you continue doing well and growing in the community and surrounding areas. Yeah, I think it's a mistake when somebody thinks that they can do everything for everybody. Uh, Most people can't do that. I know our firm can't, so we're specialized. No, I, I love that. And then kind of going back to the book though too, and advice, I love what you said is we all make mistakes, but you don't want to make that mistake over again. But with you doing this 30 years at Cornerstone Financial, you're able to give advice to folks that may be going down the same road, that may make may make the same mistake as you did, but you're able to help them out and assist them and maybe avoid that. Well, that's what we'd like to do. So I have made a lot of mistakes, but if I can keep somebody from making the same mistake that I made, um, you know, that's very rewarding. And sometimes it's just a matter of saying, you know, at one time I too thought that, but here's what I did. Here's a mistake I've made. And so uh, I'm suggesting you not go down that same path. Mm-hmm. But uh, so, yeah, we hopefully learn. I know I've learned. I'm sure I have a lot of lessons I need to learn yet. Oh, me as well. But at least you're giving the people um, at least advice to guide them the right way. And then they could take that information and then make that decision. Yeah. 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 Um, anything you would like to share or end with um, for our listeners or viewers, anything about financial industry, Cornerstone Financial, yourself, um, I just appreciate you being here and just sharing so many good tips and things about your organization. Yeah, well, of course, we'd love to have a chance to, to meet with some of the, the audience that might be listening, if we can be of value. And so, you know, we have a team of 18 professionals, and we have a very strong team. I'm only one of the many people on our team. And uh, so I'm very proud of my team. We care passionately about the clients that we serve. and we have a process where we encourage people to dream big, but then to have a plan. And we get great satisfaction out of trying to help people um, do the things in life that they dream about and having a solid plan for doing that. And it's not just about making money. Mm-hmm. It's about making wise decisions with the money and, and uh, maybe for yourself and your family and for a lot of our clients it's about charity and mm-hmm. other things that they can do. But we'd love to have a chance um, to visit um, with you if you're of interest and feel free to uh, reach out to our company Cornerstone Financial and uh, if you're interested we'd be glad to have a chance and we'd love to have a chance to visit with you if, if you think we can be of value to you. No I think I think that's great and if anyone like you said um, would like to look at retiring get a plan in place want to you know maybe leave something for their legacy for their mm-hmm. family and everything. Yeah. Visit with Gordon, the team at Cornerstone Financial, and they, they want to serve you. And they have a great team of professionals that want to be able to assist or help you out and accomplish those goals or that plan that you would like to set forward. So I'm very proud of the team that we have at Cornerstone. The team's everything, right? Are you a sports guy? Can I end with this? I have limited knowledge of sports, but I have a lot of people in my office that are have a great amount of knowledge of sports. <laughs> but I yes, would, you can. Uh, oh, okay. Love to. Okay. 
Do you have a favorite sports team or, or a player or a coach that maybe was very successful? Um, that well, my, you follow maybe? My favorite team right now is Minnesota Vikings. I love it. Yeah, the Vikings. Um, I agree with that. And the reason why I agree with that, I got to know a few players throughout the years personally. And so I like Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen. I know Thielen just left. But I think they got a good young foundation, and I think can be going places, hopefully the playoffs and maybe even to the Super Bowl. And if you are a Vikings fan, I'm not trying to jinx it. I really genuinely mean that. So, <laughs> Gordon, pleasure on having you, but thanks again for sharing all your expertise. JJ, it's an honor. Thanks for yeah, having me. My pleasure. Thank you so much.